0: Friends, welcome back to the Ransom Tart Podcast. And over the last three weeks now, we've been talking about letting God speak over your life. God knows what we need. He knows what we need in this year. He knows what we need in this summer. He knows what we need in particular seasons in our life. And allowing him to speak into it, guide us, direct us, and how those words and invitations can Be disruptive at times, but also incredibly inviting. So, Alan Arnold is back in the studio with me this week as we kind of wrap up sort of this four part conversation on what do you need and what is God speaking over your life and what's that provoking in you and and what he's doing with that, right? Right. So, last week, Alan, we were talking about how God gives you this phenomenal word of jubilee (laughs) over your year. I think mean, most listeners were going, whoa, I love that word. Are you kidding me? God speaks that. right? But actually how difficult it was Very. to believe for Jubilee in certain areas of your life. You yes. Know, believe for it maybe for your kids or you can believe for it you know, at work, but to believe for it in joy and right. financially in other ways, right? Very
1: disruptive. Yeah,
0: super disruptive in really wonderful ways, right? Yes. To start loving God going after us, and I wanted to tell a story, and I want to talk a little bit more about how desire fits into what we're saying and the journey quote of desire, Uh, not the book, but just a little bit of reflection this week on kind of how God works with us in desires, dreams, and hopes, and us growing up because he's after growing us up. So I want to tell a story recently from a turkey hunt. (laughs) Stay with me, ladies. So I've never been turkey hunting and initially kind of thought it was just not for me. But a buddy of mine lives on, he doesn't own, but he rents a house and lives on a ranch down in the southwestern corner of the state. And this place is crawling with turkeys. And in the springtime, there's a turkey hunt and you kind of go out in the woods and it's actually... Really fascinating because they're super smart birds. Ben Franklin actually wanted the turkey to be the the national bird for the United States, not the eagle, because he thought the turkey was far more intelligent. I'm so glad that didn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of hard to call yourself, right? What's your your school's team? We're the turkeys. Turkeys. Uh, But they're actually really smart birds, really Mm. intelligent, Mm -hmm. uh, very cunning, very wary in the woods. So actually to go and and hunt turkeys is a difficult proposition, not an easy thing. Okay. Well, through the weekend, the joke was we were the turkeys in the woods, (laughs) uh, my buddy and I. So here's the story. So I don't have a lot of margin in my life for joy and play and – do with that what you will, but that's just my reality. And I think it's a lot of people's reality. You know, mm-hmm. good things come in, a lot of good things consume our time or or health concerns, or perhaps we're taking care of, you know, a parent or a child that right. has health issues. And we go through these seasons in our lives where margin becomes a pretty rare commodity, right? And I'm just in a season right now where there's not a lot of margin, and so I want to choose my joy opportunities carefully and but felt like God was in this invitation. So, and partly it felt like He was in this invitation because my buddy kept sending me texts of how many turkeys he'd seen that day as he was out, you know, walking the ranch, and and so I'm like, okay, well this this sounds good because it sounds like a a sure thing, right? Right? right. It's not we're a setup a turkey. For, yeah, we're going to get a couple turkeys. It'll be a blast. And so go down there, and honestly. He had been seeing groups of 25 to 50 turkeys a day. Oh, wow. 50. That's a lot of turkeys. That's a lot of turkeys. And he would see where they were roosting at night. And so it just felt like this is just going to be a lot of fun and easy. Yes. Right? So we go down there. We hunt three days in the woods and we do not see a single turkey.
1: Not one turkey.
0: Not one. (laughs) (laughs) Like – we don't see 50. We don't see one, three days. And we're following all the patterns and we're visiting the water holes and all that. Right. Nothing. And right. we're calling turkeys in the woods and nothing. And as this began to unfold, like, wow, I had to really wrestle with, well, Jesus, wait a second. What is this about? Like, I, I thought this was your invitation. Yes. I, I thought you were in this. I still think you are in this. I really do. I believe you were in this. And the fact that I had the weekend free and he had the weekend free and it, you know, it was during the season and like there were so many things that kind of came together. Right. This felt like this from you, God. So yeah. what are you up to? Okay, pause, which allows me to speak a little bit into what I think, quote, the journey of desire is. Early on, in the awakening of our heart, and this may take place when you're 16 or this may take place when you're 67, but in that season of your life where God is trying to awaken your heart to show you that your heart matters, yes, that he cares about the things you care about, what matters to you matters to him as he begins to kind of awaken a person out of a life of Simply responsibility or duty or rule keeping or perhaps awaken them, and invite them out of a Christianity that's just the rules, obligation, right, duty and obligation, right, faithfulness and obedience, which have their place. oh, oh, Oh my, they have their place, but but that's not all there is. And as Jesus engages, you know, the two blind men on the road, and they were calling out. You know, as he was passing by and he comes over and, and he asks them, what would you like me to do for you? I mean, like, what? I mean, there's nothing more obvious right. than what they want him to do for them, right? But he he asks them their desire before he just does it, right? Mm-hmm. Same mm-hmm. thing with the man at the pool in John chapter 5, right? Do you yes. want to get well? Yes. And then John chapter 7, he stands up at the feast and says, if anyone is thirsty – Let him come to me. I mean, so many different stories. God pursues our hearts by pursuing desire or the absence of desire, by Mm. pursuing hopes and dreams or the absence of hopes and dreams. And he'll often do it by speaking these words that we've been talking about, giving you a theme or a promise or an invitation. And I believe that's a very, very, very critical and beautiful season in our life. Like, you know, he has your buddy come up to you at the conference back in January and say, hey, you want to come take a vacation?
1: Right, right. By
0: the sea, which you love, right? Right. And, oh, you know, the
1: – It awakens something.
0: The awakening, yeah. right? Yes. And it's a beautiful thing. That's a really, really beautiful season. And it's not one that we go through once but, you know, repeatedly through the course of our life. But there's more. As God begins to awaken desire, what I don't want people to kind of misinterpret our message at Ransomed Heart is sort of an Oprah message of, you know, just have big dreams for your life, you know, and there's always more. And you know, yes. it begins to sound, you know, kind of like a prosperity gospel. It begins to sound like things we're not saying. What we are saying is that your hopes, dreams, desires... Your disappointment, resignation, cynicism matters to God because your heart matters to him. Yes. And he does care about these things, and he is a good father that does give good gifts to us. But what was going on for me in the woods I think is the next stage of maturing in the journey of desire because what I tend to get focused on is what God is not giving rather than what he is giving. Because what was going on is we were, you know, on this turkey hunt and we're in a beautiful section of Colorado and it's it's open country and it's agricultural and there's wild lands. And I mean, simply to be there was an enormous gift. Mm -hmm. To get away from the computer screen, to get away from emails, meetings, phone calls, you know, the demands of life, simply to walk in the woods. Yes. It was an absolutely phenomenal gift. But I couldn't even see that gift because I began to get really focused on what he wasn't giving. There's no turkeys here. Like, come on. You know? Right. And I was aware. I was watching how my heart was handling the awakening of desire, right? Mm -hmm. And then the – what I felt to be kind of the – Cheating of it or the disappointment of it, or what felt right. like a promise not delivered, or something along those lines, yes. right? An yes. opportunity missed, or, you know, wait a second, God, hang on. And, and wow, I really had to make a choice to rejoice in the gifts that He was giving, mm-hmm. time with a friend. Right. How often do we get that?
1: Not right. Much. I mean, right. casual right.
0: conversation, great meals around the The ranch table at night and like, wait a second, there's a lot being given here. We're not shooting turkeys, but my goodness, there's all kinds of other gifts. In fact, one of the most disruptive gifts, our listeners who have tracked with my story at all, there's a lot of it in Wild at Heart. And in other books, we'll recall that it was on my grandfather's ranch that so much of the mm-hmm. wooing and romancing and redemption of my heart began as a right. boy with God, you know, coming out of an alcoholic home and a lot of brokenness. That place, that was a sanctuary. That was where God did so much in my masculine journey. And then as a, as an older boy, young man, a lot of validation, a lot of initiation took place there. Yes. So I had no idea where my buddy Jim lived. And as I pulled into the ranch that they're staying on, I just went, you got to be kidding me. Like it literally came out of my mouth. I'm like, you got to be kidding me, gun. because it looked like my grandfather's ranch. Oh, it wow. smelled like huh. my grandfather's ranch, like the sights and the sounds and the aromas, like, whoo, like suddenly. Wow. And yeah. like that was the gift. Yes. Like that was phenomenal gift. To spend a weekend back in that?
1: Yes. That's so good because to me captures this, this whole shift between expectations and expectancy. Like God invites you there, and the expectation is we're going to get turkey. It's a turkey hunt. Yep. And yet, An expectant heart would say, God, what do you have for me? You know, it helps us go, what do you have for me here? I'm not going to say it's one thing. I'm just going to be expectant on you.
0: Yes. Okay, okay, Alan. So that's describing the shift that I think is really, really big in the, quote, journey of desire, the desires of your hearts, hopes, dreams, that kind of Mm -hmm. thing. I think God awakens them. Mm -hmm. And I think he fulfills them often. You know, kind of like a parent will do just, you know, simple blessings and good things for their children. But there comes a point where God begins to shift the attention from the gift to the giver. Yes. Right? So good. From the gift to the giver. And it's not so much about, what are you giving today, Papa? What are you giving today? What's the gift today? You know, as much as it's, where are you, Papa? what are you doing today? Where are we headed today? So what you were saying was from expectations to expectancy, Yes. right? And so here's what I had to do, like to get very practical in the woods, because we spent hours and hours and hours out in the woods. And, you know, it's, you're silent. And I had to really begin to shift my heart and begin to say, Father, thank you so much for creation. Huh. Like, thank you for creation. Thank you for the absolute beauty of this place. Like, I rejoice in the gift of creation. And thank you for the gift of redemption. Like, thank you for the gift of my redemption, God. Like, my goodness, thank you that I am now reconciled to you and can enjoy this with you. Like, thank you for your love. Yes. And Father, thank you for the gift of future hope. Thank you for the gift of the coming kingdom. Because I know that even the best life is partial. Yeah. Right? And like your health may be great, but your finances are bad. Or your finances might be fine, but your health is, you know, or you may have a fantastic marriage, but you've got a kid that's breaking your heart. Like everyone has the partial. Yes. Everyone does, no matter what their life looks like from the outside. Right? And so thank you for the coming kingdom. Thank you for the hope that. These desires and aches in my heart one day be totally fulfilled, all of it, God. And so I began to do that mm-hmm. in the woods. Things really began to shift for me, and I began to notice things. I began to notice, wow, the wildflowers are coming up. Yes. Holy cow, it's early May. Isn't that a neat gift? Thank you, Jesus. And oh, my goodness, look, There's a. I found a couple shed Mule deer antlers. And I spend hours hiking in the hills looking for shed antlers, Mm -hmm. you know, and here's a gift. Yes. Right? And so all weekend long, we did not see a turkey. It was not about the turkeys, but it it was about what he was giving. Mm -hmm. And, And the shift in my heart to gratitude, to openness, and to be saying, okay, Jesus, I thought the weekend was about a hunting trip. Yes. But you want the weekend to be about other things. Help me shift there with you. And so here's what I'm describing in the journey of desire. It's not going back to resignation. It's not going back to abandoning desire. Right. Right. It's an open handedness with it. Yeah. Right. It's being open to say, God, here's what I would love this weekend to look like. Right. But what do you have
1: for me? Well, your phrase, Papa, where are we going? Like that speaks to my heart so much. My youngest son is 10 And anytime I jump in my truck, he wants to go. And what I love about him at 10 is he doesn't ask me where we're going, if I have enough money, if I know the directions, any of that. Yeah. He just wants to go and do. And it is that, Dad, where are we going today? Yeah. Yeah. And to hold on to that. But my older kids now – they're at a stage where it's, well, it depends. Where are we going? And mm-hmm. can we get ice cream on the way home? Exactly. What are the conditions? Right. So to hold on to that mm-hmm. just expectant desire with our Father, mm-hmm. I think that's huge, John.
0: And so, gang, this is what we meant by
1: asking God for words over your life,
0: over your year maybe, or over your summer. And Stacy and I, a couple weeks ago, talking about God knows what you need, asking him yeah. what you need. Because in this journey of desire, you know, as desire reawakens, as dreams begin to represent themselves, then we can get fixated on, well that's it, and I'm chasing that. But that can actually break your heart. Like you've got to be really careful with that. Because what we need to be asking is, Jesus, where are we headed? What do you have for me today? What do you have for me this summer? Because if we'll walk with him into those things There will be joy. Right. There will be. There will be goodness. It may not look exactly
1: like what we thought it would look like. Or anything like we thought. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But there still will be goodness there. And so there's the awakening of desire. There's the awakening of our hearts, joys and hopes and dreams, and staying in that awakened heart but then yielding those things. Not a return to cynicism, not a return to resignation, or just, frankly, what we're doing is we're just playing it safe when we get ourselves busy. Right. We're just keeping ourselves safe from disappointment.
1: Yes. Right? Totally. Yeah.
0: So not going back there, but with an openness saying, this is what I'd love to see happen. You know, as you take your family on a vacation this summer, this is what I'd love to see happen, God. But what do you have for us? Like you script the days. Right. Show us where the joy is. Right? Right. So, friends, just felt like that conversation kind of helps fill in some of what we mean as we've talked through the previous three episodes on asking God for words and He knows what you need and chasing joy, letting Him bring joy. Where are we headed, God? What are you saying? What are you bringing? What are you doing? What do you have for us? It's not the abandonment of desire. right? It's an awakened heart that's in a posture of surrender and trust and staying close to God because he knows, he knows this world can break your heart. Like you've got to stay close to love, close to God, close to his counsel. Jesus says in John 10, he says, my sheep hear my voice. They come in and out and find good pasture. Like the condition for finding the good pasture is going in and out through Jesus, right? Right. Through his voice.
1: Right. You know, John, what I thought would be cool too is for us to offer to all the listeners your book, The Journey of Desire, as a free digital download and just let people who have felt something in them stirred in this conversation go deeper through your book. So.
0: As an audio book, Alan?
1: Right. The okay. audiobook of you reading. And we'll just have that free at RansomedHeart.com. And the digital download will be no cost. So if you want to hear more, then check it out.
0: That's a cool idea.
1: So wanted to offer that to you all here as we're moving into the
0: summer season. And good things that God has for each of us. You've been listening to the Ransomed Heart Podcast with John Eldridge and Alan Arnold. And for more... We always invite you to come to our website at ransomedheart.com or if you haven't yet downloaded the free Ransomed Heart app, super helpful resource. Our podcasts are on there. Video's about to be on there in the new upgraded app. Ransom Heart TV's about to be on there. Yes. And prayers and blogs and all kinds of great things. So get the Ransomed Heart app.